Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Modern Flirting. I think we're on episode 11 now. We are coming along here. Today I'm joined, of course, with lovely Jamie and special guest to me from the Flow Zone Academy. Uh, he's helping guys do stuff with their peak performance, get into an awesome flow state, have you know crazy new mindsets. So without further ado, I want to thank you, Sami, for coming on here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. So you know, just talking a little bit earlier, you were talking about mindset, you're talking about, you know, how you guys help guys get into this flow state. You know, for those who don't know, and I'm not even sure I fully know, what is flow? What do we mean by this flow state? Like, how did, what is it? How do we achieve it? You know, I want to know more about this. Absolutely. So the easiest way that I can explain it is it's a state where you feel your best and you perform your best. Okay. And so flow state is actually a very, very natural state. It's a state where we feel the most of our beingness, right? We, we feel a sense of like time has slowed down for us. Nothing else matters but the task at hand. We're super in the zone. And people have different words for it, you'll notice, right? Like, um, for instance, Wu Wei or Mu Xin is the martial arts concept. Whereas you would uh, call it the zone as an athlete. You call it the forever boxed as a comedian. You'd call it the pocket if you're a jazz musician, right? So everybody has their own words for flow, but what Chick said me, Hai, he's like the uh, Hungarian psychologist who kind of adopted and he's the founder of this kind of concept of flow based on the qualitative research. He, he noticed that people were describing the state by using the term flow. So it's kind of flowy. It's kind of like water, right? So he, he adopted that state and gave it a name so it was easier to spot in the mind so this is kind of an altered state of consciousness right it's right between alpha and theta if we're talking neuro electricity wise right brain chemistry wise um but basically it's just a state where you know timelessness effortlessness selflessness and a richness of the environment so like stimulating environment does it, does it help labeling it as flow and like trying to achieve flow or is it one of those things where you got to not think about it to get into it when you're trying to chase after it that's how yeah. you that's totally that, that's a great question and i get this one a lot so one of the things it's kind of a paradox right the state because it's like when you're like am i in flow yet you're out of flow of right you know that already so the thing is not being so attached to that feeling and judging all states from love. This is something that I tell my clients is to judge all states from love because the moment when you're like, I feel sad and that's bad and that's a problem, it starts to get you out of flow. But if you're like, I feel sad and I love that. And you know, I'm willing to explore that. What does that mean? Right? It's a signal that changes the way that we perceive flow as well. So we can actually get ourselves to this, core state of flow which is our natural state where we're like i care about this thing that's why i'm so angry at it right or i care about it and that's why i'm so uh you know sad because it's meaningful to me yeah uh, and so <laughs> and so this when you say it's it's great to have an intention so right before you're about to do let's say your workout and you're like i'm going to get into flow in this workout just set the intention and then let it go. Don't be like, okay, I'm going to get into flow now and I'm going to do it now and I'm about to do it. 
just as you're doing the action, you'll naturally get into flow. But it's great to just create that container of space before you begin to help you visualize or at least create a container for it, if that makes sense. From my experience with books, I'm definitely not an athlete, so I'm not going to go into like this point or anything like that, but you know, yeah. Jewish boy, not an athlete. But you know, when I've been in flow state, I get associated with when I'm talking to girls or talking to people and socializing. Um, also, yeah. if I'm in the gym, there's moments. So like I see this switch that comes upon me where maybe when I'm starting off, I'm like a little bit nervous and a little bit like in my head and thinking about stuff. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, well, I'm talking, doing it. And I accept it. And all of a sudden, I forget all of that. And I'm very, very present and very in my externally focused. And when I'm at the gym, yes. it's like, part of me is like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I can I take an injury? Can I get out of this shit? Like, can I just not have to like lift this weight? But then like, finally I snap, I'm like, I have to do this. I'm not getting out of it. So let's get mad, let's get angry, let's fucking go. And then I just really, you know, get into the motion of it where it's like, I love pain. <laughs> just, like, yeah, it. yeah. I did it. And what, I, what I've noticed, and I'm wondering your thoughts on it, what I've noticed is acceptance of what's happening, just accepting that this is happening and we're going with it, like kind of is the first ladder that gets me into that kind of thinking. Is that what you find? Or what is the, what, or what have you found to be like the first step reaching flow when you're not doing it. I think you're spot on, man. I think the acceptance is a huge element of it. It's just stating what is and true to you and just being able to go with that and improvise with that, be spontaneous with that, right? And what you, what happens when you're in a flow state, let's say in a social flow is very different from a psychological flow or let's say um, an environmental flow. Like let's say you can play laser tag, right? That's a very environmental flow right? Where it's just the environment itself is making you reach that state or strobe lights or something, right? So, yeah. So what you mentioned is really powerful because what you mentioned is this kind of feeling of frustration and that's actually the first stage of flow. All right. Okay. So, so there's something called a flow cycle. All right. So I'm revealing some facts here. If you guys want to know more about this, so there's a book called the breakout principle. I forget who it's by, but I think it's Herbert Benson. And basically, you're going through these four phases or four, the flow cycle, right? It's a biological cycle and you can't deny this. You can't be like, oh, all right, I'm not in flow or I'm not in the release phase now, right? It's just a part of it. So the first phase, the first stage is struggle, right? And struggle is just all about that beta brain waves. Like we're stressed out. We're trying to push for it. We're trying to hustle. We're trying to force the outcome. And that's the first part of it, right? You've got to do that initially. But then the next phase is about release or letting go. So it's like you're running on the treadmill and then after all you're like, whatever, I'm just gonna let this go and just have fun with this, right? And then you get into the pocket of flow, which is the most addictive state on the planet. Scientists don't like that word, so they use the word autotelic to kind of cover it up, right? Which means it's a reward by itself, essentially. Right. And the last phase is just a recovery phase or a rest phase, so that's kind of like, this rejuvenation, your mind, your brain is not really going to be on your side after, let's say you've had a flow state, or let's say you've gone to Burning Man, or let's say you, you've gone to a concert, right? And you come back from the concert, there's going to be a kind of a drain or like this feeling of like, oh man, uh, I've gone through this whole process and I need to consolidate. I need to integrate. I need to reflect so I can get back into struggle again. Could you yeah. go from the pocket to rejuvenation and then back to the pocket, or do you have to go through frustration all over again? 
So I've seen very, very rare people reverse engineer this process. So they can actually go from rejuvenation back into flow and they can stay in that pocket. Um, but usually what happens is you got to get back into the struggle again yeah. and you got to go with the cycle. Yeah. Gotta follow how your flow cycle goes Pretty much. No, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm listening to you and it really just it, it applies to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 um, getting back into it, it's like, whatever, it, like whatever comes up must come down type of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it mm -hmm. almost is good because it reminds you. And, and the more that you do it, it's like, even though you are struggling, I'm sure if you have that mindset, it's like, okay, but this is part of the process. Let me feel yes. this. Like, this is something that it reminds me of, um, like, you know, like a, a, this whole like positive mindset and mindfulness. I feel yeah. that so many people almost mess up when they're just like, okay, I'm supposed to block out every negative feeling. And it's like, no, no, mm -hmm. the negative feelings, you feel them but you accept them and then you move on and you use them as almost like the fuel to like push you next. So like to have something like this is so great because it's like that inner voice being like, you're struggling, but that's awesome because that's the first step. Wait till you get to the next one, you know? Yeah. So that's inner, really cool. Inner voice, the inner voice kind of goes offline for a second and you're able to just think clearly. And what you said about positivity, that was a huge game changer for me. So I actually have a, I have a master's in applied positive psychology, right? And so I, this was a huge game changer. I had a teacher, uh, Dr. Uh, Mr. Tim Lomas, who was teaching me about multidimensional flourishing, right? And he mentioned that a lot of people in positive psychology, there's this understanding that you just gotta be positive and all this stuff. But then there's elements of like post-traumatic growth or like, you know, this ability for you to embrace the negative Mm -hmm. and learning from it like the yin and the yang right so being able to appreciate the shadow or the darkness side of it too so this is kind of the the second wave of positive psychology you could call it mm -hmm. where where we're integrating and embracing the whole so yeah huge game changer Are you always positive and able to like get into flow or was this something that kind of eluded you and you like discovered on your own what what's your metamorphosis story mm. Yeah, I think with any story, you know, there's this feeling of like, no, I was definitely the opposite of flow when I first began. So I was, this is partly why I was so interested in this state of beingness, right? And in the beginning, I sort of got into it like wanting to escape, right? Escape my darkness, escape the, the feeling of anxiety or depression that I was going through in college, trying to really discover myself. Every college student goes around that. Whatever, that discovery period and so you know I was just kind of discovering my own consciousness and understanding that I was sort of band-aiding I was like a bliss junkie in a way I was just chasing the next high instead of actually embracing and, and recognizing that okay it's important for me to go through the low as well and not resist that mm -hmm. and having this like kind of holistic approach right and so what changed for me is like so I was really tired of modern day, um, a lot of modern day psychology speaks only about the deficits, OCD, schizophrenia, all of these things that are wrong in somebody. Or I'm sure as you know, Jerry, you're the psychology background, right? It's like, about DSM studies, not really many good things with DSM. Yeah, and so I was like, man, if, I'm, if I wanna really study the mind, I also wanna study 
this element of like what makes somebody go from languishing, just getting by to thriving as well. Like what creates that lifestyle where you're like, okay, I've done this, but then where can I take it to next? And that's really what inspired me um, to really be able to explore this state of being. Because I first initially got introduced to flow as just a term in hip hop or rap. Like I would record these songs back in the day. I would perform on stages. I got into the theater world a lot. And I was, you know, acting on stage or acting in, uh, being an extra in a movie or whatever. And like, I started to notice that there was this element of flow state when I was being on stage and all the eyes were on me. And there was this added risk and pressure that was actually giving me much more of this kind of illumination on stage. Like, oh man, the camera is on. I've got to change the way that I approach this, right? So that's actually what led me to writing my, uh, my book as well in terms of that darkness where I really got to realize like, what if a camera was watching me around wherever I went? What if I had my own reality show? Kind of like the Truman Show, right? Just every action was like this ability of like these cameras following me around, it would change the way that I behave. And Goffman, who's a sociologist, and he believes in this idea of front stage and backstage. So when we're in the backstage of our lives, we're just by ourselves. Nobody can watch us, you know, we're, we're just kind of our natural selves, very comfortable. But then once we get around people, we start changing our persona or how we perceive to be the, you know, the social mask in a way. And so, or is there always a distinction between the two? Um, he brings it up as these two kind of, you know, this dichotomy, but I feel like it can be a blend for sure. Right. Because there, there are moments of you weaving in and out of an identity or a state of mind or beingness, right. Or I also feel like kind of, I'm on my path. I mean, there, there's definitely a step, like how I'm going to be on my couch and I'm going to be like in a, in a bar or club or whatever, you know, obviously. Yeah. But I definitely was over, like realizing social freedom and not caring too much about like embarrassment or worry about stuff or doubt. There was a lot more discomfort in all situations. So it did start blending, but obviously the way I would act around by myself with a really close friend versus strangers would obviously, you know, be different. Because there is always some type of social network. Yeah, these are like the roles, basically. So, you know, the Shakespeare quote, right, where it's like, we're all merely actors with entrances and exits playing these different roles, right, in that sense. So, yeah, we do play these different roles. And it's also important to, yeah, have that core that kind of permeates into everything, right, that sense of like, okay, I have myself, I kind of understand myself at this point. So that acceptance, again, coming into that and having it trickle into all these different areas of my life. So yeah. So you um are you, when you wake up are you are you going into like mind flow today? Like this, right? Are you like going through a process of being in flow every day? Do you have like a ritual you do? Like if you like if you're gonna go on a date with a girl, is it like all right, let's get into the flow state, or is it just now it's just going to think about it? Yeah, I definitely have lots of rituals. It's partly like in the academy, we just take people through thousands of flow state rituals. So I can tell you a few that I do myself. Um, so. So I wake up, I do a very uncomfortable thing first thing in the morning, eat the frog, right? I take some uh, apple cider vinegar with a tall glass of water. And I just wake myself up in that way, take a cold shower, get out of there and cold. just, you know, <laughs> cold shower, start doing, you know, a few calisthenics, push-ups, things like that to get my blood flowing. 
And then I just meditate and I meditate using HoloSync, which is an app um, using audio entrainment. So it has little like subliminal messages in them. So there's one specific for each one. So I use the one for weight loss currently, but then I change it up at times. So I'll do like attract love or abundance or whatever. And yeah, I'll just meditate for 30 minutes. And then from there, I generally like to just get right into doing some kind of business oriented task, like recording a video, shooting an email, any kind of work process. And then from there, my momentum just kind of shifts throughout the day. But yeah, it's really important how we start this thing off because that's the place where it's going to build that momentum. It's the winning streak essentially. So, um, yeah. And right before date, you know what I I like to do, I got this from one of my uh, past coaches in terms of dating coach. He recommended this kind of NLP technique of like, imagine my worst version of myself on this hand shrinking and the best and the best version of me growing and just rubbing my hands together as this has disappeared. Right. It's just like being able to tap myself with that energy. And I love that. That's just a, a quick state boost. It gets you feeling good. And yeah, generally I like to do certain things like that, like power posing or, you know, different things before a date because yeah, you want to feel at your best. You want to feel at your optimal state of consciousness, right? You don't want to be distracted and kind of disheveled and not shaved or whatever, right? As you step into that. So you want to optimize your feeling and performing the best that you can. Yeah. One of the things you were saying before the call was you help people with like the mindsets, with the thinking. Obviously, this is modern flirting. So guys listening to this are going to be going on dates and be flirting with girls. If a guy's on a date and he's going to be anxious or he feels... You know, it's not going well or whatever, and it gets in his head. What's something he can do on that day to start turning things around and going at peak performance for the day? Mm, yeah. So one of the things I would say is this is kind of a scientific approach, I feel like, but you know, activating your vagus nerve. So what exactly is that? It's like a powerhouse nerve of the body, right? It's like it connects all of the organs almost, right? And it's the 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 link between the fight or flight and the rest and digest. So basically when you can activate, like just using your voice and just saying something, even if it's just activating it, humming, or just like being able to optimize the throat in some way, singing to yourself, humming to yourself, gibbering. I'm guessing you don't hum in the singing to Right, right. Yeah. You know, you're doing this out in the middle of the dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you start, mm. That's what gets me every time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you start doing your breathwork practice right there, and you start chanting, oh, oh yeah, 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 the full thing, yeah. <laughs> um, that's really that's really interesting. When it comes to you know, I obviously I work with modern flirting. I'm I'm one of the women that you know they they practice on, if you will. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I find so many, um, uh, men when they, what they struggle with when they're originally approaching, it's kind of like what Jared is asking is like, once they realize like maybe they might not have said the best thing or responded to the best thing, it's like a downward spiral. They like, they can't get out of, they can't pivot. You know what I mean? And, And so what would you, what would you say to them? What would be some advice to maybe get them in the moment trying to think, okay, how can I turn this around? 
one thing that is really helpful is to come from this, it's like a concept in martial arts, but it's like Shoshin or beginner's mind. So forget everything you know and just start blank slate. I right? just have this ability to just drop everything. Mm-hmm. Drop, drop your phone, drop your, you know, uh, whatever you're doing in that moment that's stressing you out and just breathe. Breathe deeply into your belly and just start again. Start your interaction again. Start with that little high. Start with high-fiving the bouncers. Start with, you know, something that gets you much more into the momentum again. Mm-hmm. Just because it's crash and burn does not mean you got to stay there. You can have the intention of just starting again and just deciding that. It's just like, and, yeah. I actually have a yeah. like exactly what he's talking about there. Uh, I remember being on a date with a girl and I was finding it like boring and I'm just like very blah and you know, I think she's bored and not really feeling it and I'm kind of bored not feeling it because I'm like, like what kind of eggshell? And then part of it, something in my head snapped on the first time be like, you know what, screw I'm gonna have fun. She's gonna have fun, that's on her. I'm just gonna have fun, screw this shit. I don't care anymore, like I'm just gonna yeah. whatever. And by just releasing, caring about the outcome and just actually doing myself, whatever happens, like be damned. She started having fun with me now, and all of a sudden the whole day didn't become boring. Girl became my girlfriend. Mm. We started going out yeah, after more more dates, and it like it kept it grew and grew and grew. So it, there was definitely that moment. I remember very thinking like, let me just drop everything, screw everything, screw in my head. Like this is not fun. It's not working. Let me just enjoy it. She likes it or she doesn't. Fuck it. Right. It's almost like you're, sometimes I feel that way too, um, when I'm just like in a group, I feel like I'm like almost like the orchestrator of the energy, right? Mm. If you can like create that vibe, if you can really get, and like that is when, when you talk about flow, like that's totally like what my flow is. Like if I'm in a group and I'm vibing and I'm like, I feel like a lot of the times you're, you're kind of in charge of your own vibrations and people oftentimes and not will come and join you. Um, you know, if you're having that good time and it's like, you're the, you're the one that's in control, not the environment. And like, I feel like that's also like a mind shift too. It's like, when you realize that like, yeah. you're the orchestrator and not the other way around, that's when you become even more powerful. Does, totally. So I mean, does, does flow have any effect, uh, you know, compared to extroverts or introverts or anything in the Myers-Briggs or, or the big four mm. personality types? Like, is, is, does it matter how you are to get the flow or is it all kind of like, you yeah, there's actually a, a quiz you can do on the Flow Genome Project website. This is by, uh, you know, Jamie Wheel and Stephen Kotler, who wrote Stealing Fire. And yeah, on their website, it's, it's the Flow Profile. It's really quick. Takes less than 10 minutes. You know, you just do it really quick. And it'll tell you whether you're, what kind of Flow Profile you have. So one is like a deep thinker. This is my Flow Profile. So I'm much more naturally an introvert. And I get into Flow with my own mind. I love to over intellectualize things and like go into the process of things and breaking them down. So I know that's how I get into flow. And that actually helps me in state, in in an event, in set, whatever. It helps me to incorporate that kind of flow profile into what I'm doing. And for another person, let's say they're much more of a hard charger. That's kind of the adventure sports athlete. And then there's another one where it's just um, the flow goer who's kind of like, uh, more of the yogic flow stuff. So they, they would get into like the yoga mat would be, be their temple 
right? And they would just be able to feel through things. And sometimes I find myself weaving in and out of these flow profiles, right? That can be a possibility too, where you're like, okay, one day I'm a flow goer and then another day I'm a deep thinker again. So you just really have to be able to ask yourself what is working for you. If you are an introvert, what is working for you? If you are an extrovert, what is working for you? So you can do all of these uh, personality quizzes and give yourself different maps. But the, again, you know the map is not the territory. So it's like, don't allow that thing to go and really like decide for you, this is the way. Yeah, there's a limiting, okay. when it com- yeah, limiting beliefs. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to like those personality tests, I think we were talking about this the other day too, like when it comes to those personality tests, like those are great tools, but you can't live there. You, you can't like let those be the reason why you can't progress or, or like I'm an introvert, therefore I can't do this. And it's like, no, no, like you're an introvert, but I like what you said, use that. Like understand where you're coming from, like use your own mind. If you get your energy from like being by yourself and like kind of becoming more internal, utilize that for when you do go outside don't just like say oh because i am this therefore i can't you know i feel like it's a slippery slope but that's another thing too and a lot of people have you know crutches for their flow state right Right. so when they're going out they have to drink or it's like they have to do this one thing to be able to maintain that state and instead of the have to why not just make it a get to i get to i have the opportunity to i i I choose to you know and that that changes the opportunity the kind of framing as well in the mind i'm sure you're familiar with frames jared and so you know that ability for you to step into an interaction and be like what's my strength what am i good at in terms of this and how can i expand that or amplify that to get myself to tap into that genius zone in whatever i'm doing so is this the stuff you're talking about like i know you got a book coming up a theatroplasticity method um, yeah. What does that all entail? Like, tell us more about the book. So I was fascinated by this concept of like, fake it till you make it. I just kind of got on this endless quest, this kind of rabbit hole and like deciphering, is this thing legit? Like, I'm really curious about this. And so I did a lot of research, I right? did a lot of psychology research, as well as I took acting theater exercises to help people like break out of their shell. And I combined the different approaches. So that's why it's called theatro, theatro meaning the mind, plasticity from neuroplasticity it can change the brain so how can theater change your brain how can acting actually modify the brain so it's not it's not really fake it till you make it it's act it till you fact it right i'm just copywriting that before anybody else takes it but anyway (laughs) so there are many different processes like one of the ideas is to just be aware of this state. So like, let's say that you're trying to create a certain kind of character for yourself, right? So you have your life script based on that. And it's like act one, scene one, get up in the morning. Act one, scene two, take a cold shower. You have your script. Now, what are ways of rewriting that script to make it work for you? So that's one element of it. Like how can you just change around your rituals or do certain things differently that creates behavior change. So it's all about dramatic strategies for behavior change. So if somebody's like getting into a bad habit and they can't break out of it, TPM, what, what it can help them do is at least take on a new mentality and some techniques that can help them to finally step into their new self. 
know, I always, I always get this, it, it's not all dudes, obviously, it's, it's a rarity, but I do get it every now and then. I'm curious what you would say to this guy, because they come to me, or I've seen them come to other guys too for help. They're like, I want to change, I want to become best, whatever. And you go, okay, here are the techniques, change these habits, change these behaviors to get these ultimate version of you. And then I go, well, but what, you know, I feel like that might not be authentic anymore. I, I'm not going to be yeah. mean I don't do it. This is... <laughs> I'm this kidding. is a question that I've asked myself multiple times. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just being fake. Like what? I'm not confident. I'm, that's not the real me. Right? So this is actually, I call this flipping the script. Okay. So what if I told you that the version you're being right now is the fake version and that the version of you that has all the abundance, the girls, the, the mentality, all that stuff is the real you. So what if the version right now is your fake version? That means you're not living up to your full potential, right? So it's just basically flipping the idea on its head that I'm being fake. Um, I'm being fake when I'm confident because it's like, no, confidence is the real you, right? The fake version of you is like the one with the limiting beliefs, the one that's stuttering, the one that's like not thinking of the right thing to say or anything that, you know, gets you in that stuckness. And that's not to shame it, obviously, right? It's just to, again, accept it. If you bite your nails, you want to be like, that's the most badass thing ever, man. I bite my nails. It's so cool, right? And then you can let it go. However, like, yeah, there is this aspect of people falling into this pattern of like, that's just not me or my identity. I don't want to it's like that it's like but i'm only going to do what comes down to me but i feel like doing if i do anything else that's not me it's yeah i'm such a hard and, and so many people do this right they step into their like trying a new diet out or like you know going uh and like start approaching or they try these things but then they're still in their old mentality their old identity trying these things instead of actually being like, okay, I'm fully stepping into this new version of me and trying something new and experimenting. I think a huge aspect of my growth throughout college is I was experimenting, right? I was wearing all different kinds of, you know, peacocking, and if you have it in Florida, right? This whole method of like, like trying these new things and trying these different avatars out to see, does this really work for me? Does this really resonate with me? You don't know if you don't try, right? If you don't put in any effort into it. So, one element of this is really being able to, yeah, get a little bit, you know, creative, innovative with it, a little bit imaginative and like really start stepping into that childlike state of curiosity and not judgment. You want to transform your judgments into curiosity. Mm -hmm. When we start judging others, it's like, you know, it's very limited, right? It's like ignorance almost. But when we're curious, we're learning more about them. Mm -hmm. When it, there is a theory, and I'm actually curious to see what you guys both think about this. I don't know if I, A, I don't know enough about it to make a decision, I think, but um, there's this theory where it's like, pe like person, like uh, the personality myth, like personality actually doesn't exist. And you are just a product of your own habits and your environment. So kind of like what you're saying when it comes to like being confident, like being confident to me, it's like, it's not a personality trait and therefore you can't really pigeonhole yourself into whether you're confident or not confident. It's more of like, okay, what is the environment I'm trying to create telling me and what are the habits? Like if I continue to do these habits that make me feel more confident, like it's the habits that kind of make you and not the, not the effect or the confidence that makes you. Classic nurture versus nature debate, I think. 
that's where that kind of yeah. sure yeah yeah i mean what like do you guys would you guys agree or, or do you this is something that was like, always debated on in psychology there's like a personality theorist that you got the the skinner the skinner cult following of people who are like you know give me my own a baby my own pocket universe to raise a man i'll make whatever the fuck i want my personal views on it is is both there's it can be seen gene we see like certain kids like parents we, we know that there is a nature element to it we also know conditioning is a factor environmental behavioral conditioning so i look at it as nature sets your parameters so let's say at your worst the most most introverted you can be is this and the most most extroverted you can ever be is this and then there's another guy who's like here these are his parameters right and that's all nature does and then nurture in your environment where are you within those parameters so you can program and you don't know where the where the end result is obviously there's no like you know chart but it's, mm -hmm. it's just an idea of like like even intellect, right? Like there is an IQ, there is said intellect. Uh, yet we see people can train their brain to become smarter and you know wiser and get you know better and, and like learn to speed read, learn to do better spatial skills, whatever. But there is a point. You can't train yourself to become a genius if you're, you're a dummy. Like this, you, think you can't you can't you can do all the training you want. So I just look at it from that sense of. I have unknown parameters from nature, but let me use my environment and every conditioning and habit forming and behaviors to push the upper limits of my parameters to see what my potential is. Yeah. So I completely agree with you, Jared, in terms of how it's a little bit of both. And I really love the idea of parameters and because it's like, what metric are you choosing, right? To measure your success. Are you going by the socially conditioned model or are you going with your own model that you've actually fine tuned, right? And so, yeah, it's like, where do your values lie? If you're saying that I'm not confident enough, is that the really the most important thing is for you to be confident or is it just to be present to the moment, to be competent, to just get this, get through this thing, get, get be able to just, you know, be alive, Right, be alive and present in the moment. That's I feel like that's more confident than somebody who's showing this kind of fake confidence, right? Or this kind of overcompensating, right? And so I feel like there it's a huge element of thought that comes into this because I like the cognitive behavior model. Your thoughts create your emotions. Emotions create your behavior, and it kind of impacts each other, right? Mm -hmm. And so we can't really change emotions that easily, but we can change our thoughts quite easily. We can change our behaviors. It's also quite difficult, but our thoughts are quite like, we can actually do something with that thought. And when we have a negative thought, I use like a coin flip method. So what's wrong with me, coin flip, heads to tails, what's right with me? It's like, what horrible thing is gonna happen, heads to tails, what incredible thing can come from this? So just that ability to catch my thoughts, and I even tell this to my clients, just catch your thoughts like in the moment where it is going in that downward spiral to just catch yourself there so you can flip it and you know a thought can become a thought form or a thought habit after a while you have a these certain thoughts of the past anything that we say to in ourselves in the past we regard it as truth that's just how we regard it it's like yeah it's the truth it happened to me in the past mm -hmm. so if we speak to ourselves like let's say you're trying to create something you say you know, I remember six months back where I made that amazing transformation, you know, I sold that product, I got on that flight, and I did this thing. Like, 
you're actually saying to yourself, it's the past, but it's actually what you want to create in the future. So if you're speaking to yourself like that, your subconscious mind is going, yep, okay, we'll accept it. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of techniques like this that I use, but this is just one of them. But basically it's so important to be able to just like really have your mind work for you, not against you, right? Mind over mind in a sense. Mm -hmm. And really training that, yeah. Do you ever feel, let's say, okay, so let's, I'm going to coin flip you uh, on one of my yeah. previous questions. Let's say you're on a date and you're in the zone, but the, the girl you can feel she's not. Does that yeah. take away from you? Are you like, man, you're draining my energy, you're taking away from my flow? Do you have techniques to like put her into a good flow state to get her going? Like, what do you do in that sense when it's like, I'm flowing, but clearly she's not, or maybe you're on a group of people and they're all not yeah. in a flow state, but you are. You know, what usually happens in that, in that scenario? Yeah, that's really tough, man, because, you know, it's, it's the ego that's coming into play. And flow state is all about selflessness, right? You, you drop the ego and you're kind of like, you know, I'm here to be infinite consciousness now. I'm here to see whatever comes up, right? Instead of that, like, oh, I'm me. I'm this person with this job and this kind of merits being in this state, right? And so I feel like one switch, one initial switch can, that can be very powerful is just simply coming from that level of gratitude, right? That can shift someone's state instantaneously. I've noticed this a lot where, you know, somebody's complaining to me, like, why didn't you do this? Or what, what is happening? Why didn't you go there? And just, you just smile and you're just like, you know, am I the best thing that's ever happened to you? You know, like, like what, what do you think? Like, you know, and just being able to smile and like, keeping that state of yours through that is going to say a lot about you, right? It's like you have that mentality, you have that internal mental discipline where you're not being frustrated. You're not letting another person's reality take away from your internal world. I get that. I mean, I had a, um, Jamie knows my, I had a boss who was a little bit of an aggro, aggro dude. And we even like one time, like the yell at me about doing it, like you better do the fucking da 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 da, right? And then I'd be like, all right, but only because you said please. And then, and, and, <laughs> I love that. you know, like, but it's like, when it's like the most mad, I would hit him with that. And it's going to both laughing and it instantly turns the, the yes. emotion of feeling around, just diffusing things with, with, uh, with humor. You know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's funny. Um, when, when you were talking about um, like, uh, like forming those habits, right? when it comes to like catching yourself and catching those negative thoughts. I've also had like a personal revelation as well, um, where, you know, I find myself like doing something stupid. So in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm such an idiot. But now I like catch myself. It's so powerful. You catch yourself and you're like, nope, I'm not an idiot. This is human. Like, you know, and then you move on. And, and now I find that whenever that happens to me, that is my new habit is like, I might yeah. think that, but then all of a sudden I'm catching myself. So catching becomes the new habit, which is much more productive. And so with one of the students that I work for or work with uh, for Modern Flirting is um, he is very uh, caught up with rejection, um, very caught up with rejection. He, he can't um, you know, get past that. It, it, he takes it very personally. And so one thing that I had him do as like almost like a homework assignment is literally write down almost like, you know, in the Simpsons or like when you're a bad kid in school, you write like, I will not, you know, hit yeah. another kid. I will not hit it. I was like, I, I want you to write down everything you're going to do when you get rejected. You're going to smile. You're going to, you know, walk away with your head held high and you're going to forget about it. Smile, walk away with your head held high, forget about it. I was like, I want you to write it down 20 times 
before before we meet again because that's going to mm. be your new habit you know it because it, yeah. it's so caught up in the emotion so so kind of expanding on that is there is there a piece of advice or maybe a habit that you can recommend someone that is in that mind state that maybe can't get over the personal uh, uh, fear and, and self-loathing that is rejection? Yeah, so I could use a, a TPM technique here so I could drop this one uh, for you guys. So basically like when he's being rejected, you know, or in anyone in this case, let's use uh, just in this uh, student. Yeah, generally just being rejected. There's a state where you're like, oh man, I am being rejected, right? That's the taking it personally part. Or it's like myself is being rejected. Mm -hmm. And all this great stuff that I've created, it, does, it means nothing, right? Because this person doesn't like me. This is in external validation rather than the internal. So I want them to think of it almost like this person is giving you a storyline of what is happening. So they're not rejecting you, right? It's just, it's a doorway, it's a redirection. Mm -hmm. It's a doorway for them to do something differently. And that person wasn't a good fit for you. So that's the reason why that rejection happened. So framing in that way, but also understanding like when someone is, you know, complaining or, or rejecting you in that moment, you're like, and oh, you know, next opportunity, you know, let me allow myself to notice that this person is giving me a storyline or their perception of this, right? They're giving me this storybook. They're reading me this story. And when you're, when someone's reading a story to you, you don't go, oh, I'm taking it personally. You listen with intrigue. You're like, that's so interesting. That's so funny that you think of me like that. That's so interesting. Like you, you, you're taking this way too seriously that this, like right. me walking away and rejecting me. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Right. So it's, it's that ability for you to see this as a story and one activity, which could be very powerful. I talked about this in one of my recent videos. Uh, I started a flow, uh, I started a flow state uh, channel on YouTube uh, when COVID hit actually is <laughs> one of those things where I was like, I'm going to do this post every day. Right. Um, and so, yeah so one of the journaling techniques you can use is when you're journaling you want to just completely go automatic automatic writing whatever comes out just write it down but then take a highlighter and highlight the elements of what you wrote down which are story and mm -hmm. which are actually reality right so the highlights are this the interpretation of what you wrote down. It's your storyline, it's not the truth. Right. And just differentiating between those two can be so powerful, yeah. It actually reminds me, um, not to bring the mood down, but uh, for trauma, for trauma victims, um, they, they have, that's like a psychological thing that they have them do is they, they ask them to like retell the story and they notice like, like the narrative, the inner narratives of what they're telling themselves about why maybe they blame themselves and why they shouldn't blame themselves. Like, like uh, what is it? Survival guilt, survivor guilt or something like that, where mm -hmm. um, it's like, it's like that narrative. So like, that's the thing that you would highlight and go like, this is the storyline. Let's maybe work on that. So it's not so blaming. It also kind of goes to show what you're saying earlier and like forgetting that ego. Like it's not, you're rejecting me. And I love that no is next opportunity. 
because it's again it's not you it's we it's us it's like the environment right so like this environment is going to propel me to get better next time but it all starts with that mindset i think and so that's what's so important that's what i really loved about what you said jared covid (laughs) yes covid going on right now we got a lot of people you know the the holy trinity of depression is hopelessness helplessness and isolation and so this is forced partial depression on, on people. And so right now, especially everything going on, I think changing your mindsets, getting into a more, having more positive psychology is like essential, essential, you know? Like even, even me, like just being like boring people while, so like sometimes the negative thoughts are coming up, I'd be like, no, no, reframe that. Use the techniques I know, but yeah. there's a lot it's of guys. Constant, yeah. But there's a lot of guys who know those techniques, right? So yeah. You know what advice you have for the people and the guys who are lonely they're isolated they don't have any interactions going right now what can they do to not survive but thrive right yeah it's a great question so first of all again let's look at it in three ways so one is the reframing so how would you reframe the situation that you're currently in right so like covid hit okay are you stuck at home or are you safe at home Let's reframe that first, right? The second one is like, am I in some kind of a prison or is this like kind of how David Goggins sees it as like, this is my battleground, right? Like this is like, I've been put into this kind of monk mode lifestyle, right? Where I'm like, I'm, I'm being forced to like go into my internal world and I, I'm gonna like optimize all my meditation and like all this stuff, right? So reframe that. And then the third one, which you mentioned is loneliness. A lot of us, you know, we feel loneliness even when we're around a group of people, right? We can feel very alone because we just don't, they're not on the same page as us or the conversation is resonating or they're not like us in some way, right? So, I mean, the loneliness thing you can really start to reframe is, is it loneliness at the time? Yeah, it's forced isolation in a way. However, it's also a freedom. Right. It's a freedom to do what you want with your time. It's a freedom to like set up your own schedule and like work from home. It's an ability to be much more creative. Like, you know, the plague was a time where a lot of inventions were created as well. Right. And recessions like hit and then millionaires were created from those recessions as well. So it's about using that pain throughout this period of lockdown to unlock let's use that term right to unlock your potential from the lockdown and that's the first element is just reframing the second thing that i would say is get into some kind of a creative expressive task because the the latin word for depression is deprimire which means to push something down right it's to suppress a lot of excessive thinking is from suppressed feeling and so the more you're keeping all your thoughts inside of you, bubbling it up, it's like a volcano waiting to erupt. Like, you know, it's a junkyard. You're not really doing anything with that information. It's going to pile up. It's like, right, you're not talking about it at all. So talking with a person who's level-headed, journaling, drawing, dancing in front of your mirror like a silly goof, you know, just doing creative tasks that get you into the flow state and that creation state where you're just making something, you're setting a project. If someone's like, I'm gonna run a marathon, right? They're like excited for it. They're, it's something to expect. But if they're like, I'm gonna get up every morning and go for a run, it's kind of like, okay, I'll do that. But it's not 
giving you that event or that passion project in mind. So having that passion project in mind right now would be really crucial. If you want to start a business, do it. You know, if you want to uh, do something new and experiment, learn a new language, learn a new instrument, do it. That's what I would say. Yeah. And the final one is just self-talk, like just self-talk, you know? Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So self-talk just, you know, that, just re also another reframe is like, I actually got this from Vince, right? Vince Kelman. He's, he was saying that, you know, my past, I was, I was speaking into this idea of like, oh, my old self, like I killed my old self. I killed my old identity. He was like, why would you want to kill your old identity? That's your younger self. That's your past. It actually needs more love, right? It actually needs to be held in a certain way, right? And so, this self-talk that we have, this inner critic, we call it an inner critic, guess what? It's gonna criticize us. Right. But if we call it an inner coach or an inner caretaker, now it's something to work with. It's like, yeah, it's being a little bit of a bully to me right now, but so was my you know, fifth grade teacher who was like yelling at me, that, scolding me that one time in my own mind, but it's not really a big deal, right? She's just my teacher and it's not the end all be all of this thing. Okay. So. I think yeah. there's like a huge element. As long as it's something internal, external, it's pushing you to, it's, it's that, it's a hard pill to swallow or a fine line from this that I feel like a lot of people have to struggle with. That idea of I'm totally okay with myself, it's no big deal, everything's okay, and I'm still constantly want to strive to grow and get better. And it feels like one of these two have to not be there for the other to exist. Like how can you be totally okay with yourself and want to keep growing? And how could you want to keep growing if, if you're okay with yourself, but it's like, that's to me, you can find the, the, you know, the balance and that dichotomy of being, I'm totally okay, nothing's bad, life's good, gratitude, it's, you know, wonderful, now let's yeah. grow, let's get better, better, better from there, and passionately, <laughs> you know, that's what I find some of the most successful people on the planet, really, how, how they like to they do things, and it's really, it's really tough to, to get to that, like, mental state. It's so important that you pointed that out because that's exactly what the flow state is, right? It's this like this discipline and the surrender, right? This, this letting go, but also this ability to make something happen and keep right. growing, right? And so once you can walk in the yin and yang, you want to think of like walking in the S, right? Walking in that S, walking that beautiful road. dance. Yeah, tightrope, right? Trying to put one foot in the metaphysical world, one foot in the physical world. I mean, this is the practice, right? Yeah. It's like, how can we merge spirituality and science, East and West, this and that, and how can we come from that flow state, that in-between, and really be in harmony? And so a lot of people think about harmony as a seesaw. Right? They think of it like balance. It's like, oh, I get this thing wrong and then this thing has to work. And then if this doesn't work, then this. So it's like, I have to suffer. I have to sacrifice my life in order for this other thing to happen. Whereas you've noticed a lot of people, yes, sacrifice is an important aspect of it. I'm not saying that it's not. But if you're coming from that mentality that I have to give something up all the time for something else that's great to come into my life, it's kind of this, this like a seesaw effect, right? It's like constant all or nothing thinking of yes and no and good and bad and duality. So instead, I mean, I look at it like an orchestra. So it's like all these musical instruments are like a band, right? There's a vocalist, there's a percussionist, there's 
there's all these elements of your life, your relationship, your health, all of it is playing together in this one song, uni verse, right? And it's just, it's continuously keeping you in this rhythm and you're just maintaining these highs and these lows and you're riding the waves of life and you're not being attached to it like these emotions are not like roommates. They're like, they're like visitors coming and going. And so they're just like, you know, here they go. All right, anger's coming again. Hey, what's up, buddy? All right, see you later. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. So when we can understand and ride that way, because we have so many different cycles throughout our day, right? Mm -hmm. So we have the brain that's doing its own thing. Women have their own menstrual cycle, right? We have our own like cycle of how we, we have our sleep cycle, right? That's a diurnal rhythm. So it's all about maintaining that rhythm. So what are you choosing to do and ride? How are you riding the waves? How are you using flow state as a vehicle to get you from point A to point B? It's the tool. Yeah. It's the tool. Yeah. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for me. We're going to have to have you come on and flow again uh, another time. So for guys who want to know more though, who want to like reach out to you, what's the best way to contact you and to learn more about you and what you're doing Absolutely. So the best way to reach out to me would probably be through Instagram. Uh, I respond to DMs. I'm very friendly. So feel free to shoot me a DM. And um, it's F-L-O-Z-O-N-E, Academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. So there I post daily content and also, you know, my YouTube channel, which is called Flow State Activation. I'm posting every day. So if you want a quick burst of that flow state, you know, just tune into that channel. I've been posting it every day, uh, maintaining that consistency. There was a hurricane here actually as well. And I'm in India, Calcutta right now. Right. And I still, I was like, I'm going to still record videos during this down period. I was like, my Wi-Fi doesn't work, but I'll still record these videos beforehand and like, you know, push it. So it's, it's really something that I'm really, you know, like putting my foot down towards and like pushing myself to do. It's, it's fun though. I love it. That's partly why like I can be able to maintain that flow is like that enjoyment factor. So yeah, um, Instagram, Facebook, Sumed, S-U-M-E-D-H-C, you know, shoot me a friend request if you want or a message. And my website, you know, actually my website's being redesigned. So right now you can access it on flowzoneacademy.com slash home, but eventually it'll be flowzoneacademy.com. And all so. of you get the book, Theatric Plasticity Method, the TPM. That's right. I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to start getting deep dive into this stuff. It sounds awesome. Thank you so much for being here, dude. It was great talking to you. Thank you, brother. You stay Thank safe. You so yeah. And may the flow be with you guys. Hey. <laughs> yeah.